The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants, not of Reuters News. Welcome to the Exchange Podcast. I'm Rob Cox, editor of Reuters Breaking Views. Okay, like many of you, I've been watching the rhetoric of the Republican Party's presidential candidates and wondering, who's ever going to stop this thing from spiraling out of control? Who will be the adult in the room? So along comes Paul Ryan, the congressman from Janesville, Wisconsin, who agreed to lead the party in the House of Representatives after John Boehner stepped down a few months ago. Ryan came out strong, chided Donald Trump for his outrageously bigoted remarks about Muslims, about banning them from entering the U.S., He adopted the cool, intelligent voice of a centrist, something badly missing from the primary lunacy, which kind of got me thinking. If the party fails to coalesce around a leading candidate, which seems quite plausible at this time, then it may come down to someone like Ryan, a centrist, to broker some sort of agreement at the convention. Okay, it's early days and, and all that. I thought it would be a good idea to revisit a conversation I had with Paul Ryan from about a year ago. He came in, uh here to Reuters to talk about his book, The Way Forward. Back then, we talked about what we saw as some of the core values of the Republican Party, and we discussed three really important economic issues. First, entitlement spending. Second, crony capitalism, which you hear all of the candidates talking about. And tax reform, which basically people on the left and right all agree is completely necessary, but nobody can quite get their arms around. Anyway, give it a listen. I would reform our entitlement programs. I would reform the Medicare program so that seniors have guaranteed choices to choose from so that you use the power of choice and competition to reduce costs instead of rationing. I would, I would actually raise the retirement age to more reflect longevity because people are living much longer lives and these programs we have weren't really designed to catch up with that. I would means test entitlements sure. so that you subsidize the poor, the sick, and the elderly more than the, than the higher income individual. So I can go on and on and on. What's the secret of sort of bipartisan resolution of our entitlement? I mean, Leadership. I, you know, it's, I mean, there is so much broad agreement. The numbers tell a story. That's right. And if you look at them long out, you do your net present value That's right. calculations. That's right. That's, I do it all you, the you time. Know, you know, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's so, right. but what is the, what is going to be secret to getting in? And what what how does how do both sides compromise? Leadership. Uh, I do believe that there are Democrats who agree on a lot of these issues. Heck, Ron Wyden, the Democrats' sure. chairman of the Finance Committee, and I put out a Medicare plan together. Alice Rivlin, Clinton's uh, 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 OMB director, she and I put out some reforms together. So I do believe that there is a consensus for major entitlement reforms, but it's not from the, uh, here's a partisan point, but it's not from the current leaders of the Democratic Party. These are, they are run by the the more left-wing liberal progressives, Pelosi, Reid, the president. And so I do not think you're going to get those kinds of structural entitlement reforms from this administration or this party leadership. But I do believe that there are Democrats who we need to invite into a coalition to actually get these things done. I think it's going to take another presidency to do this. But we must assemble what I would call a center-right coalition that invites these moderate Democrats into it so that we can tackle these entitlement problems now, early, soon, before they get out of our control, so that we can do it on our own terms as a country. And the point I keep making to people is, you go now, we can do it on our own terms, meaning no changes for anybody in or near retirement. But if you keep kicking the can down the road, then like you're looking Europe at Greece, did, then you're looking at Greece, then you're cutting everybody the after they retire. The, the bond markets are dictating your moves, right. not Congress. And that's what I want to avoid. That's why I've been putting these budgets out there. That's why I wrote this book. That's why, you know, my whole point is let's get ahead of our problems. They're surmountable, they're, they're, they're achievable, um, but we better get on it. You talk about being pro market, 
but not pro-business. That's right. Explain that difference, because I think Big some difference. people don't get that, that difference. I think a lot of Republicans don't get that. Crony capitalism is basically sitting in government, picking winners and losers based on friends, based on allies, based on people with influence. That's crony capitalism. That's not capitalism. That's not free enterprise. And mm -hmm. Republicans need to distinguish between the two. So we need to be a pro-market party, which is open up the marketplace so that more people can enter it. Reduce barriers to entry against would-be competitors, because what invariably happens is the incumbent businesses want to protect their, their way right now. It's like the, 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 the kings want to sure. come in and pull the drawbridge up behind them. And what they often do with government, Congress and the executive branch, is they try to get uh, a forbearance. They try to get a, a special regulation, a carve-out in the tax code, some kind of regulatory forbearance to help them erect a barrier to entry against their competitors. We can't stand for that. Mm. So we've got to purge crony capitalism if we really want to have a true dynamic economy where entrepreneurialism can flourish and we don't languish with a bunch of big businesses that are running government with big bureaucrats. Okay, tax code. It's a complete mess. Yeah. Everyone agrees. But how do we get out of it? How do we fix it? We have uh, a global economy uh, that is here. Capital is mobile. And we have the worst, meaning highest tax rates uh, in the industrialized world on American businesses. And so we've got to get our rates down. And that requires base broadening. And we're going to have to get the general interest of lowering rates to trump the special interest of you know, how the tax base is currently constructed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to have to appeal to the competitiveness of America and a pro-growth economy. I think we're going to succeed in doing that. Inversions is one of those things. Yeah, what's your, your take on I mean, the, the Treasury's come out. Well, with yeah, that's camp. I was part of the 05 sure. anti-inversion system. When you play whack-a-mole and try and erect a fortress America, all we'll do is make it easier or more likely that foreign companies buy U.S. companies. We need to respond not with these one-off, you know, punitive things. We need to respond with tax reform. And yeah. so... That's our, our viewpoint in the House. Uh, that's what I talk about in this book. I want to lower our top tax rate to all businesses to 25%. I want to have a tax base that is not a worldwide-based system, but what people more think of as a territorial system. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you unlock capital, especially the $2 trillion of capital that's locked up overseas, and make America much more competitive. And so that is among the things, comprehensive tax reform, that I recommend to get a pro-growth economy you know, really you know, going. You know, when I talk to businessmen on right and left, I talk to Democrats, everyone seems to believe yeah. that we're all on the same page here. This is, if, we, if there's one thing we should be able to get done. <laughs> you would like to think but so. What, what is, could it get done? Look, I'm a, I'm a Republican. I ran against sure. the president in the last election, so take it for, for a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, I realize you have a party affiliation. I have a party affiliation and I have a difference of opinion, but the president is very much into class warfare, politics and economics. And to understand Republicans well, you have to understand that we keep a mind on the small businesses of America. Eight out of 10 businesses in America file as pass-throughs, sub-S corporations, LLCs, partnerships. They're taxed right. at the individual side of the code. The top effective tax rate is now 446 so we hear from the other side of the aisle that they're willing to work with us on bringing corporate rates down. We have a disagreement on the way the tax base ought to be assembled, but put that aside for a second. Right. But we don't want to just lower tax rates on 20% of American businesses, corporations, and leave that small business guy hanging out there. Right. Look, I come from Wisconsin. 90% of, of Wisconsin businesses are pass-throughs. Canada, our biggest competitor, which is just over Lake Superior, mm -hmm. they're taxing their businesses at 15%, right. and we're at almost 45 so we want to bring both down, the individual side and the corporate so, side. So let's talk about individuals. And this is our problem with the Obama administration. They don't want to bring individual rights down, only willing to bring corporate rights down. And we think that that's a huge disbalance. So, but, but so does this, I mean, would you be willing to approach 
the other side of the aisle with such things as, I mean, carried interest deduction. I know it's small, but it's one of those signature kind of yeah, taxes. So or, or, for example, mortgage tax. All those things, deduction. which are base broadeners, yeah. belong in tax reform. They should, we shouldn't be raising taxes just to spend more money in Washington. Right. All those issues, and they're all very important things to mm -hmm. be debating, should be done within the context of tax reform, which is lowering our tax rates. Because just knowing the way the tax base works, sure. every piece of that base broadening needs to get plowed into lower rates so that we can get our rates where we want them to be. So there you have it. The guy now trying to tame the unruly and fractious Republican Party wants tax reform, an end to crony capitalism, and, 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 and to put entitlements onto what he believes will be a more sustainable track. Though good people may disagree on exactly how you get there. It all sounds so sensible and centrist compared to the squabbling of his party's candidates. It kind of makes you think he might play a pretty important role come decision time at the convention in Cleveland this summer. Anyway, that's it for this episode of the Exchange Podcast. We'll be back soon with my discussion with Larry Lessig, the smarty pants Harvard Law professor who tried to run for the Democratic Party nomination for president on a single issue, getting the money out of politics. He failed, but he'll tell us what he learned. Thank you.